Wonderful. Hello, social media family, and welcome to Hashtag Verse TV, week 149. I'm Aaron Mack, and I'm here with my some good friends who will introduce themselves, starting with Chrissy Marie. Hey, everyone. It's Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio, and it's wonderful to be here. Fantastic. And Kevin. Hi, everyone. It's Kevin from Philadelphia, a current. Mike Henderson of Black and Gay International Travel Baggett. Hey, everyone. Mike Henderson from Los Angeles. It is my honor to be here. Fantastic. All right, and let's get this show on the road, shall we? Hashtag Verse TV, week 149. So, our first topic, I'm going to read the topic, then I'm going to show some videos of what people say and all that. Anyway, the first topic is called, Brother, We Made It, and it's coming from Black America Web and at Greg Fisame's Instagram and at Ms. underscore Pisces underscore Slay's Twitter and at O'Keefe Speaks Instagram and at Devin Campbell, of course, himself. And this topic is on the Black America Web article, it's called, Did Kev, Did Tevin Campbell Confirm His Sexuality? And the write-up that we're discussing today about it is, seeing is not just, seeing that it's not just a rumor, and Tevin Campbell even has the rainbow flag on his verified Instagram and Twitter pages, Aaron Mack became overcome with emotion. Remembering when Tevin Campbell released the, his, one of his favorite songs, Back to the World, in 1996, with the lyric, quote, boy, you belong to my, 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 my world, you know, and end quote. <laughs> Still questioning his own sexuality, my own sexuality, in 1996, Aaron Mack would change the lyric to, girl, you belong to my mama. Anyway, <laughs> Aaron Mack is looking forward to Tevin Campbell holding his beautiful, flourishing, romantic LTR. LTR as he fully lives his truth. Now, uh-oh, okay, right here. As he fully lives his truth. Now, Ms. Pisces basically asked why some people want the members of the LGBT community to formally, quote, come out, end quote, and not just live their truth. And within the context of the 100% truth of Greg Fisame's post, which I'm about to play next, what is the benefit of explicitly knowing in which section of the sexuality labyrinth a person spends the majority of their time? 
And we'll start off actually with O'Keefe Speaks in response to Tevin Campbell. And he's heterosexual. He's a heterosexual man. What? He gay? I cannot believe what I'm hearing. Who the fucking? All right, and, and Greg Bissame. I'm gonna say this one more time. There is no gay, there is no straight, there is no bi. There are people who fuck who they wanna fuck, and there are people who fuck who society wants them to fuck, and that is the difference between me and you, bitch. Good luck. I'm gonna say this one more time. There is no gay, there is no straight, there is no bi. There are people who fuck who they wanna fuck, and there are people who fuck who society wants them to fuck, and that is the difference between me and you, bitch. Good luck. I'm going to say this one more time. There is no oh, gay, right. there is no straight, there is no bi. Okay. Now, I'm just going to ask. Mike Henderson, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, wonderful. All right. Sorry. All right. And three, two, one. All right. So with this topic, memories, the, 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 just the memories of this time when this song was released and thinking about how I responded to the fact that it was honestly his attempt at coming out and living his truth even back then and I would change the lyric to girl, you belong, you know, because I, I was trying, I, I was living a lie, but I was only 13. Anyway, it brought tears to my eyes. Now, technically, this song was co-written by Rashawn Patterson and allegedly, allegedly, they were actually dating at that time. And one thing that I think is particularly interesting is Listening to the song, Back to the World, the only reference of anybody's gender that he ever said in the song was, boy, you belong to my, 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 my world. That was the only time. So like he didn't say, girl, I love you. He didn't do any of that. The whole time it was general, general, general. And then, boy, you belong to my, 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 my world. And again, Rashawn, I, I, I think it's beautiful that, you know, they are still connected, be it friends or lovers, whatever they're doing, you know, they, they are clearly still together. They're two handsome silver foxes right now. And I still remember when Donnie Simpson played that song years ago, back in 96, Johnny Simpson on his one of his radio shows and he was like I see what you did there Devin Campbell all right and he was being all hetero ally ish and I, not hetero ally ish but hetero ally like and I was like 
looking back on it, I, I, I love it. And I'm like, right on Donnie Simpson. My mom used to have a major crush on him. Anyway, to answer the question of why do people have to, quote, come out in a better world? No, people wouldn't have to come out. But we're not quite in that world. And it's not a surprise. I, I, I don't want my family to be surprised when I bring home Daquel or Gamal and be like, oh my gosh, what, 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 what's going on here? Because people feel that stuff like that is important and they, they'll feel like, oh, you're leaving me out. Anyway, it's a thing. And next, whoever wants to go next or I'll call somebody. Uh, for clar for oh. clarity, for clarity, that reason, that's my answer. Why? That's why. <laughs> that's the only reason why. You want to be clear and honest. Clarity is, come on. Who wants to waste any time? Not, you know, on what they don't want. Nobody. <laughs> Certainly not me. Certainly not anyone else. All right. That's my and, answer. Uh, okay. And also, that, that's a very good point, because y'all see uh, I was stepping over a little bit. When you finish your point, say something to acknowledge that you, you finished making your point. Like, that's my answer. Like, Chrissy Marie just wonderfully did right there. Now, who wants to go next? I can go. All right. So I think in his case, and we've seen it with other Black R&B singers, really famous ones, um, some speculation about them going even back to some of my mother's crushes. <laughs> even as a kid, I, uh, maybe I, I was thinking, he's gay, mom. <laughs> Why are you uh, <laughs> swooning over... I'm not going to name any names, but yeah, it's part of it's the industry. I mean, they, if they are set up as a sex symbol, as a, a romantic singer for the consumption, the music consumption of a female audience mainly, uh, that's just the reality where they're pressured to keep a certain part of themselves, the, probably one of the biggest part of themselves, a secret. Uh, if Kevin were, let's say Kevin were like some independently wealthy non-R&B singer, uh, like, or he was a doctor, a lawyer, whatever, he probably the pressure wouldn't be there, but it's just the nature of that industry. Uh, then you take a certain rap, female rap artists who took the other point of, I'm just going to live my life. I'm not going to say it one way or another. And then there was no selling of that particular female rap artists as a sex symbol towards men so that was uh that's part of it i mean it's just how, how they're packaged and how they're pressured to keep that package going to keep the money coming in unfortunately that's my answer and kevin Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, with in particular Tevin Campbell, 
I thought it was interesting when I was younger, like, oh, our names run, that's cute. Um, but yeah, I did have a slight crush on them when I was younger. And that been even before I really came out to myself at 17. And yeah, I definitely agree. Like, understand his reason for holding back. There's actually a lot of homosexuals in the music industry. And yeah, that's my thoughts. You know, in this wrap up, this wrap up. Huh? Huh? Okay. Um, and if you can mute yourself again, Kevin. Now, in, in this wrap-up part, I, I really want to say that since we mentioned the industry and stuff like that playing a role and people not being comfortable enough to be themselves, I get it. And, and it's unfortunate, and it takes me back to uh, Trey songs, because when I was in school, I always say it, when I was at Howard, when I was at Howard, Trey songs, actually, it's my understanding, it was going around the campus that he was regularly dating a dude who was a, a student at, at Howard while I was there. But because he has this image that he has to uphold. He, he couldn't live his truth. And that's uh, unfortunate, but it, it's the way of the world. Um, and that goes back to, if it was a perfect world, we wouldn't have to, but we're not quite there yet. Anyway, I also wanted to bring up in closing, in conclusion, <laughs> Sidney Poitier in his movie, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which was a, woman, a movie where a white woman brings a black man home to meet the family. And it, it, it's part of that, you know, people can be uncomfortable and people have to learn. Now, I, I do want to say for the people who are like, I knew he was gay the whole time. Pump the brakes, because if Tevin Campbell came out in the 90s, that was, uh, that was not even this one. Anyway, but um, if Tevin Campbell came out in the 90s, please, there was so many times that other people tried to come out and the, the response was, oh my gosh, what about the children? I, I, I don't want them to try to force my child to make a decision on their sexuality or anything like that. Like, why can't you just let the child be freed? Like what? It has nothing to do with that anyway. But yeah. And also sometimes people like to have the whole, I know something you don't know, but at the end of the day, you don't really feel comfortable with it. You're just 
liking lauding it over somebody as I know something you don't know. Anyway, I'm done. Anybody else want to do a, a follow-up piece or are we moving on? Well, just to add to what you just said, it, it's people are comfortable with it as long as it's on, on their terms. In other words, uh, they don't feel comfortable for, of, for you having the power to come out or to reveal who you are to live your truth on your own terms. They want to control and, you know, they, they want to be the one to out you. They want to, they want to hear about it. They don't care if the kids see it as long as it's in a humiliating way. Like, look at those, you want to be like them. So it's not like they want uh, PK people hidden or the, at least back in the day, they, they wanted them visible in terms of being a joke, uh, being ridiculed. And then once they're done with the ridicule, okay, go back in the closet. That, that was the mentality and it's still true to some extent. Uh, they don't want to see ones that are empowered and proud of who they are uh, and living their truth on their own terms. Then they don't, they lose that control. Uh, so that's part of it. And you mean, that's, I know something you don't know. And people knew, <laughs> let's be honest, and Luther, I mean, I can name that name as well. Uh, people knew they just, they were just waiting for him to say it. Um, but uh, people aren't dumb. <laughs> I mean, they know it's just that they they wanted him to come. They wanted him to come out uh, under duress so they can ridicule. And he knew that. And Tevin, unfortunately, Tevin paid the price, as we you saw with his uh, the scandal where he was, uh, you know, in that incident with the prostitute. Uh, that's what they were looking for. They oh, look at him. See, I knew he was he was like that the whole time. They wanted that kind of coming out as opposed to him being empowered, coming out on his own. Uh, so they got what they wanted, I guess. And he, the industry knew it, the record industry knew it, his agent knew it probably. You have to keep this under wraps to keep this going. Uh, his fans knew it. They, there's no way they didn't. But like I said, people want you for who they want you to be or people want to see you for what, how they fantasize you are. Um, once you take control over your own image, then it, it, people find that threatening. And it's not, I'll take back a little bit what I said before, it's not just Black R&B artists. I mean, you take Elton John in the late 70s, uh, you know, where he had to put up the facade for so many years. And then when he stopped putting it up, you know, he paid the price for a few years. Uh, there was uh, not just threats, but he was taking off radio stations. <laughs> people were uh, protesting his... Uh, so putting his records in stores, uh, you know, he got a lot of backlash for that. So that, that is the reality of the industry, at least back then, probably less so now, but the mentality hasn't changed. They, they're comfortable with uh, you on their terms. But, yeah, they just don't like you feeling empowered over your own image. And people feel like they own you if you're a public figure. Like, oh, I, can, I know you, you're, you're famous. Um, I'll dictate how you're viewed as opposed to people taking control, you know, and uh, producing their own narrative. Like, this is who I really am. Take it or leave it. People don't want to hear that. That's pretty much my addition. But uh, yeah, it's not, it's nothing new. Well, you know, Devin Campbell's taking control of, of his own narrative now, you know, and that, that, that's a beautiful thing. So, 
the next topic, we're going straight to the uh, in my mind. Um, sorry, just real quick, just okay. wanted to add on to what he said. Mm -hmm. Um, like thinking back to the nineties, we were not stupid at all. We knew at this artist in particular. The bride, we knew she was gay. She just didn't admit it until recently. In the 90s, I, I, I didn't know. Um, people told me, and I would be like, what do you mean? But that's because in my mind, even though I grew up in a household that was very open to anybody living their truth and that's a blessing and I for whatever reason I had a really conservative mind that fought myself on different issues and I didn't see that he was gay people would tell me that he was gay and people would tell me Luther Vandross was gay and people would tell me Jesse Powell was gay and I would receive it like they're just trying to offend me how, but, how would you even know, like at a young age, like when you're discovering life and you're going through life and you're just living life every day? How would you even know at a young age, like what? I mean, you're attracted to what you're attracted to. But how would you identify, like put, put a label on your sexual identification at a very young age, unless you're strongly attracted in a certain direction? I think straight people do that all the time. Like they develop, like, you know, yeah, I mean, little crushes when they're in kindergarten. Uh, yeah. So yeah, like they, I mean, they, I, I mean even in the womb, even in the womb, like yeah. there's masturbation that occurs there while you're in the womb. It really yeah. does. It happens. I, I, like we're sexual I, creatures, all of us. Yeah. But when you're like past that part, and you're like living life, and you're experiencing things and you're like stimulated by a whole bunch of everything going on and outside of you all these influences you know things labeled as conditioning and whatnot and you know like all these types of uh outside things that have nothing to do it has everything to do but have nothing to do with who you are when you discover that part of yourself, like, is there really, like, is that something that you know immediately? Because I kind of, I kind of know, knew mm -hmm. and know, but is that something that you know, or you, you know, because I know there's these, all this oppressive thing, all these oppressive things going on for people who know. And they they weren't you know given the freedom of speech they you know they had the freedom of speech but they didn't really realize I have the freedom of speech that's not a that's not even an age exclusive right or freedom you can say what you want to say and unless someone bigger than you as a child tells you that or a younger person tells you that or you read it for yourself you don't really know so. Like, where do you, like, 
okay. Maybe I'm, I'm like, wait, I'm like thinking a whole lot about <laughs> this. <laughs> no, I, anyway, I, I love Tevin Campbell. He's like great. Like I used to sing Tevin Campbell in the shower and I still do. I just love him. And I, I, if he's, I, I hope he's happy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> And I'm glad if he is. I'm happy if he's happy. <laughs> you know. That's what it all comes down to. Going back to Greg Fisame. It's about people who F who they want to F or love who they want to love. And people that who guy, love. Bro, you, brother. <laughs> Silly. Mm -hmm. and, and serious. Like, and amazing. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, you, you have to walk in your truth, whether someone else agrees with what your truth is or not. Your truth is yours. Mine is mine. Absolutely. We have to coexist amongst all of that. You know, there's so, of like, I don't know. Like, I could use a bunch of vague words that describe, you know, the, the population of individuals but it's just what it is that's what we are all right and can, can i add so i i'm very like black and white and just straightforward logically but it's also funny when let's say a street person you ask them could you turn off your attraction to the opposite sex anytime you want? They say, oh, of course not. You know, it's just natural. I can't have no control over it. But they act as if uh, gays and lesbians have magical powers. We can right, right. block them, exactly. whatever, what supposedly comes natural right. to them. It's like, how, wait, how do we block this? Like, do we have some, some superpower <laughs> to, no, this is it. to is resist? It yeah. if, like, if someone loves who they love, let them love. Yeah. Let them be happy, loving what they love and who they love. Like, as long as they're exactly. honest, that's the whole clarity thing we're talking about, Aaron. You know, that's the whole thing. Like, if you're candid about that part, when you definitely know, and you you know, you know at a young age, just people just be trying to stifle you and, yeah. and hate and stuff and, like, like stomp you and, like, have their foot on your neck for no reason because they're trying to, what, instill what, discipline or something, yeah. or, you know, like maybe that's a part of it, but a, a huge part of it is encouraging that part, like the freedom of who you are. Of course, you gotta be observant and everything like that. Like we're born that way. So, you know, people without deficiencies to see what? and all that, like some, yeah. but you were born that way. Even people with, they're born that way. They can still communicate. <laughs> Christine yeah. is our, our resident hetero, one of our resident hetero allies. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, absolutely. Or let's say if Christy questioned a, a gay guy, oh, what's wrong with you? It's like, wait a minute, you like men, so do I. <laughs> I see the same thing you do. Like, why are you questioning? <laughs> you know, to I me, it's just look at it as, as a wrong thing because yeah. it has nothing to do with Chrissy Marie. It has nothing to mm -hmm. do with th this person right here yeah. at all. Yeah. That's what, that's their, that's their truth. Yeah. 
my truth is mine and I'm going yeah. to live by that. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to say something vulgar, but I was told as a lady that I need not <laughs> to be crass or speak in a crass manner. So I'm going to just say that. All right. And uh, are we ready to move on to the next topic? Yes, I'm ready. So that's what we're doing now. We're throwing chairs at teachers. You know, what happened to them chairs where the desk was made into the chair? It was like a little love wraparound seat. It's like, you know, it's like somebody hugging you with one arm. You sat in there. That was too heavy to lift off the floor. You had to be an incredible Hulk-ass bitch. Somebody who threw the shot put in high school to throw that at a teacher. Y'all need them desks back. And that ain't the part that behooved me. What behooved me was how the rest of the class is cheering it on. And let me know that everybody got problems at home. When I was coming up, when we saw a student fighting a teacher, I thought you was going through something in your house. I'd be like, mm, Daquan daddy must be aggressive. I can tell because he be jacking him up by the neck like he a puppy. <laughs> Okay, so, and for this, the In My Mind segment, what we do is we answer the two main questions, which are, one, what's in your mind after seeing or hearing this, and what's your reaction and why, and share a life experience that connects to this. Now, also, for this topic, we are answering the additional questions of treatment of teachers, kids, okay, excuse me, treatment of teachers. Kids seem more rowdy on average today, and might problems at home statistically be increasing, and However, they said the same thing in my childhood in the 90s. So here comes the three, two, one, three. All right. So for me, I watching this, how does it connect to me? I wonder what it would have been like if I went into teaching. I, I still kind of wonder what it would because I, I think it's a very noble thing to do and I, I to be a part of it somehow just helping kids like even at my job I'll volunteer with like little projects to help kids anyway when I graduated they had a deal that if you work two years in the DC public school system, your student loans would be, they, they would cancel all of your student loans. I wish I had taken advantage, I kind of wish I had taken advantage of it, 
but I was too much like, oh, I'm ready to enter the professional world now, you know, and I still have my student loans with me, what, 10, 15 years later? Anyway, I'm still trying. And when I was a kid, I used to think that my classmates were uniquely clever, but clearly we were not. We were just kids and there was nothing unique about it. And are kids more rowdy? Possibly, but they also said that in my childhood that, oh, your generation of kids, you're more rowdy. Eh, I don't know, because then it makes me wonder, is it just like the music situation that people are like, oh, music used to be so much better than it is today. Like that's kind of just a thing. Is it so much better? Is it just different? But I do remember that I had a period, a blip if you will, that I acted out in school because there were some problems at home. And when the problem stopped, I stopped acting out in school. So it's kind of just like he said, a Darren Fleet. And also I, I think it's appropriate when he called the desk, he's like, it had a little love seat handle on it. It's like, yeah, because at the end of the day, these kids need love, not to just be sat in front of a TV and left alone. They need a, a loving household. Anyway, that's my point. I'm done. Who wants to go next or should I call? Well, I'm going to just be honest. If you call on me, I'm asking you to play it again because I need to hear one more time to really answer the question thoroughly because I really didn't catch the very beginning of the video no. when you just played it. Technically, this is the in my mind segment. So right. it's just whatever comes to your mind. After but watching a student is throwing a desk at a teacher. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's some definitely something going on at home. And um like our home is deeper than where we physically lay our head. So it's, it's, of course, as a child, as a, you know, a premature experienced human, you're, you're, not, you're going to act out to try to like, as a way of speaking up or speaking out against something, if something is like some figure of authority is not listening to you and that's just all you want you know not hearing who you are and it's just uh not encouraged from parents when they are raising children uh a whole lot unless it is i mean I, i'm not in every household so I, I can just speak from the household that i was raised in in the environment in which i was raised so um it's not always encouraged from, in my mind, from my experiences. And, and you're right. That's why, because there's something going on. There's something going on internally in, in their living situation that 
they need to deal with and they need dealt with and they don't understand how so they act out aggressively because that's what how they're shown that's what they're shown like the whoever they're looking at is handling their problems that way or handling life that way in my mind all right and kevin and bear in mind, um, we have two minutes for each answer. All right. I will definitely say throughout the 90s, I was in grade school. Um, and I'm not even going to lie and say we were innocent. In general, no, we weren't. But at least when I was uh, get other kids my age, we had general respect for elders. And we didn't like go take the hard left on what we should be doing. But there were some roughnecks here and there. All right. And last but not least, Mike Henderson. I, I agree um, that it happened and there were some isolated incidents with some students. The difference, maybe, I don't know if it's social media where everything is real life is now entertainment uh, and people are desensitized to chaos uh, and dysfunction. So the difference would be, as you mentioned, Aaron, at the very beginning, if some kid did that, or actually in the video, sorry, was mentioned that the other students would look at that student who was causing problems like, oh, it's a, that kid has issues going on. They wouldn't be cheering him on. Certainly, I'm an 80s kid or slash 70s kid. I mean, there's no way that the whole class would be cheering that on. They would just, everybody would kind of be frightened and wondering when, you know, security is going to come <laughs> and that that kid is out of line. Now, I think the difference is it's chaos is entertaining, entertainment and people are. Oh, this is this will make a good TikTok video. This will make a good YouTube video. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, and the cheering is it's almost like a spectator sport now uh, watching people go off the handle. I think that's the main difference. Social media is it, we're on it now, so I can't <laughs> downplay it. At the same time, it's definitely poisoned society to some extent. All right. I agree with that part, Michael. It's, it's definitely uh, toxic to influence, you know, people who are easily persuaded. Um, and we all have been influenced somehow, but you know, people who are more um, I don't even know how to I don't even know how to say it. Like it's just it's just people who just don't um, really understand or see what is going on. Um I 
I agree. Everybody wants to be fa- everybody wants to be famous. So whoever yeah. saw that like, going it, on, it just t- everybody it, had their phones. Right, and it does desensitize like humanness. It, it desensitizes yep. the connect the a real connection. You know, everything has become so virtual that mm. it's you know reality is a uh, it's not even something that people appreciate or value anymore. Or if if yeah. they do, you know, some people don't. Some people are like, eh. you know, everybody's like, mm-hmm. a, you know, cancel and next and all this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just too, like, it doesn't does it develop any type. Like, okay, people talk about character and values and and ethics and morals and stuff, integrity and stuff like that. But you know, like, is is, a, is patience a part of the virtual world? Because it's so like like mm-hmm. this right now and then something next and it's just so quick and even though it's not a finite thing it kind of is because the next best thing is is just that and 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 a person's mind who is just not um it you know emotionally developed or even encouraged to talk about that those things um it is a final, that's their reality. You know, that's what I, that's what I'm fearful of with this whole everything going virtual. Like, it's great and everything. Like, it's great. We're talking from where we're talking from. We're talking from the comfort of our environments on a virtual platform, which is great. And that's my two minutes. But you guys understand the just... And thank you for listening. I'm done. Oh. I, I agree. And to add what you just said, as far as uh, honor integrity, unfortunately, with today's social media environment, that's not good content. Or it's not going to get you a lot of clicks. It's not going to get you a lot of views. So, and you mentioned dehumanizing. That's exactly what's happening. We are viewing each other as animals in a zoo, like uh, apes slinging poop at the at the spectators, you know, walking around, you know, just being uncivilized. Uh, That's good content these days. That'll get you clicks, that'll get you views, that'll get you comments. And by extension, that'll get you uh, status. Hey, uh, do you see so-and-so's page? Do you see whoever posted this? Oh, where'd you get that video? And then it's it's all about um, dysfunction selves, unfortunately. Uh, the old days when this happened, like pre-social media, pre-internet, uh, isolated instances like this were rumored and, oh, I can't believe so did that. So there was no reinforcing that behavior. There was no encouraging that behavior. There was no reward for chaos you know, unless you were some kind of war reporter. But even back then, uh, it was real news, in term, not just uh, opinion news. Like we have, like some certain channels, it was uh, this is what's happening, and this is sad, and you, there are people dying, and people knew that you should be shocked by war and disgusted. Now it's it's considered entertainment. Violent violence is entertainment. Chaos is entertainment. Dysfunction is entertainment, and people are eating it up, whether they in, they know they are or not, or whether they it's against their moral code. We can't turn away at this point. It's just, it's addicting. All right. 
And FYI, the way it works, your initial answer, you get two minutes. And for the follow-up round, when people sort of have more of a free discussion, it's one minute. One minute for your follow-up, okay? So like a total of three. But I'll show you the timer so you'll see how much is left and how much is blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so our next topic is... Ah, him. Byron Jamal. This is the In My Mind section. So again, we're answering those same first two questions. And the additional question is... Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Is fear of rejection always bad? Always? <laughs> and what if we lived in a world where no one ever feared rejection? So those are the additional questions to the main in my mind segment of what's in your mind when you watch that and how does it relate to you? And three, two, one. All right. So the first thing I, I think of and also kind of how it relates to me a little bit is I wonder where our human innate fear of rejection, from where our innate fear of rejection comes. Like where along the evolution and the human development did it come? And are we, we, we are hardwired to go for the obtainable. And this goes back to something I mentioned many times before in my general social psychology class. We talked about the fact that humans are hardwired in avoiding rejection, hardwired to only attract themselves to people that they feel that they can obtain, only sincerely attract themselves to people that they feel they can obtain. And that goes back to the hardwired fear of rejection. And that's why sometimes extremely conventionally beautiful people have troubles dating because nobody feels that they're on that level. So nobody dates them or nobody really gives it a try until somebody from seemingly another level approaches them, like a, a Jay-Z and Beyonce situation, even though I think Jay-Z is attractive, but that's just me. And there must be a reason for it. And it's like, maybe, emotion, maybe protecting the emotion of your heart is a genuinely important thing in human development. And maybe that's why we developed it along the evolutionary scale, evolutionary track, whatever, you know? And th that's my, uh, what I have to say. Next, I'll find somebody. 
Kevin? Yeah, I will say I've always, I mean, since birth, been a kind of research person and definitely never like rejection at all. Well, who does? But I really never thought of myself as anything extravagant or attractive or anything like that. I just saw myself as the everyday person. And this actually was years ago. There's a guy we speak every now and then. Um, when I first saw him, I was like, I, he is really attractive. But at the time, I was in a relationship, so it was nothing more than a thought. Um, but years later, I found out he actually liked me too. And I thought it was kind of weird. <laughs> All right. Mike Henderson. I think uh, a little self-consciousness is, self -consciousness is good um, because if none of us had any fear of rejection, there would be no one even bothering to <laughs> freshen themselves up or, date, uh, <laughs> or improve themselves. It, there would be no personal growth. We would just walk out of the house and it'll be one hot mess dating another hot mess. It, it just wouldn't be pretty. So it's actually good to have some sense of, uh, you know, self, uh, a good self image and also always look to improve yourself. Uh, it, even just that little bit of doubt uh, helps us get better. I, I just, yeah, I can't imagine a world where everybody thought they were, you know, unimprovable, that they were perfect just the way they are, maybe on the inside. Uh, but even then, it, it's like there would be no room for growth whatsoever. It, it, you want to and continue, even if you're in a relationship, uh, constantly keeping themselves up, et cetera, and keeping themselves attractive and putting the effort in. Um, I, I don't, I view it as a good thing that people being self conscious in that sense. All right. And the next topic is a fun one. And it reads, and this is coming from Life Learned Feelings Instagram. And it says, it reads, since I stopped texting first, I haven't heard from a lot of people in a while. And what's in your mind when you hear that? What's your reaction and why? And how do you connect that to a personal life experience? And three, two, one. So for me, uh, simply put, facts. Facts, you know, I, I spent part of my childhood in New York. So even though I, I didn't talk like that in New York, 
Um, I'll just say that that's how people speak uh, or can speak. Facts, yes, absolutely. And how does it relate to my life? A few years ago, I actually put it to the test before I even knew it was a test because I was like, I bet if I don't call you every day, even though we have wonderful conversations when I call you, and it's like, you've just been waiting for me to call. I bet if I don't call you, you won't call me. And sure enough, that's exactly how it went. So, and I'm sure the same applies for texting. Anyway, I'm done. Next. Mike. Like, oh, Chrissy Marie, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so I lightweight agree with that. Um, you know, because people that you really uh have a connection or type of relationship with that you can go sometime because you understand that they have a life too and they have a maybe have a family or you know have things going on unless you have like a really like if you're like besties or something like that um and you spend a lot of time together or you have some type of business relationship or something um it's uh, understandable to go periods of time without texting or talking um however i mean uh, there has to be some type of in my mind um effort on both ends to to show that you really care and it's not just out of like an obligation or it's just because out of genuine kindness and, and love and you really care about the well-being of that person and you know not just because you're trying to be nosy or anything like that you just you really wish them the best or whatever and but you understand everything going on in their life you know like i don't know like i don't take too many things personally like that because i'm very busy like i'm i have things to do all the time every day so yeah and i know that i'm not the one to call it text or whatever um people when i have things to do I'm just not, I know that about myself. And um, I mean, I will um, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe I don't, I don't, maybe me personally, uh, my family are the only, only ones and my children are the only ones that um, I speak with on a regular basis, like a regular basis uh, and, and people that I really care about. On a regular basis, so I don't know if that's kind of like hitting the hitting somewhere in that area of the topic, but it's just in my mind from what I just heard, and that's my answer. That that's a really relevant point because true work exists anyway, Mike. I agree about not taking it personally because maybe someone could be going through something and they don't feel comfortable reaching out or they're a little self-conscious 
and they some people get the mentality that oh they're bothering you um but it's good to check in on people and even if you send it a message to someone who hasn't responded it's good to if you're going to send a message to say hey a door is open you want to talk uh just let me know when you want to get together etc as opposed to demanding that someone talk to you which is you know that's ne that never works so just at least understanding letting them understand that the door is always open and when they're ready to talk uh they will yeah, if they still view you as a valuable person in your life in their life sorry yeah it's i, I agree just don't take it personally i always take it personally because yeah you get you, both of you are, yeah. are ruining my my high horse if you will kevin Um, yeah, I was in a kind of a situation like that. Wow, it had to be 2000, early 2010, I think. Um, and I was like, all right, why is what, why am I always the one calling this dude who was? Supposed, supposed to be a friend. Um, and then I got to a point um, kind of similar what was stated before. I was like, all right, I'm not going to call him and see if he ever calls me. <laughs> that ain't never happened. So, yeah, that was my whole situation with that. And at that point, I realized, dude really isn't a friend. So, yeah, just said that, cut him off. Wait, wait, I apologize, Aaron. Are we talking about in terms of dating or in terms of relationships? In general, because I'm your your response, Kevin, just kind of like took my mind someplace else. So, just for clarification, just for clarification is that what we talk about, or are we talk about regular general. That's the whole point of the in my mind segment is whatever you think of after being exposed to the post, and the post doesn't specifically say dating. Now, Mike, I, I do apologize before I called Kevin. I, I worried that I cut you off. Or oh no, no, it's fine. I wasn't uh, saying anything. Okay, and Christy Marie, uh, did you want to give a different uh, perspective on it as it relates to dating, even though the post doesn't say it's for dating? And you bring up a, a good point because, you know, maybe it's not just dating, you know? Well, I mean, dating... <sighs> Do I want to give a different perspective? I will... Uh, I don't necessarily want to, but I will uh, say this. 
um, same thing, you know, like if a person is that you're dating or that shows some type of interest, like initial interest to me, because I'm a woman, I have old fashioned standards. Um, I like to be pursued by a man that just wants me and has the intention of courting me. So, um, you know, if it's something else, then I'd, I'd appreciate honesty about that. Like if there's some other things going on and then I'm like, oh, okay, well, you decided to do this instead, you know? So, um, which is okay. Uh, which goes back to the whole, you know, rejection thing. Like I, I take it way better than I used to in my youth. Um, it's really not a big deal to me because what you decide is what you decide and you might, it might be what you like and what you love and what makes you happy. And that's okay with me. It's not a negative thing. So, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's my answer. All right, right at the buzzer. So our next topic is, wow, okay. In my mind, part four. And this is coming from Mr. Ace Metaphor himself. Hashtag Verse TV. Chrissy Marie from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm Aaron Mack. Kevin from Philadelphia. Mike Henderson from Los Angeles. Hashtag Verse TV. Hashtag Verse TV. Week 149.